Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Hey there, ghosties. In this episode, I'll be doing a live reading with one of my beloved listeners. Every Wednesday, listen in on an intimate conversation and get inspired as we explore perspectives on life, love, and the human condition. Along the way, we'll uncover valuable insights and practical lessons that you can apply to your own life. And don't forget to hit subscribe or at the very least mark your calendars because every Sunday I'll be back with your weekly horoscope. And that you don't want to miss. Let's get started. Imani, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited you are here. So tell me what you would like a reading about today. Yeah. So my mother and I, we've really never had the best relationship. And a year ago, my aunt passed away. And now my mother has to care for my grandmother and my aunt's old house. And watching my mom care for her mother has made me realize a lot of the pain she still needs to heal from. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to figure out how can I show up for my mother more fully and heal my own resentments towards my mother. But I'm also realizing I'm having resentments towards my grandmother as well. I'm sorry for the loss of your aunt. And I'm going to show your birth information. You were born on April 10th, 1995 at 4.55 a.m. in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Yes. Okay. We're going to focus on your mom and your grandma, not your aunt, question mark. Is that what you wanted or? I think what I'm realizing is... I always looked at my aunt as the person I would go to for answers about my mother. Mm. And when she passed away, then I lost that. But I'm also realizing that a lot of the same things I think my mother has struggled with in terms of like hoarding and like mental health, my aunt was also dealing with those things too, but I didn't realize it until Mm. after she passed away. I see. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to have you say your full name, Include your government name, your chosen name, whatever has energy, basically. My government name is but my chosen name is Wow. You decided at some point in your early youth, I'm going to be different. I'm going to do it my way. And you just fucking did. You just did. And this is why I always ask for all the names, because then I can see all of the energy and I can right away kind of like tap into your matrilineage. So Mm. in this, let me just ask, was your dad ever in the picture? Is he somebody who's in your life? Yeah, he's still around. So he lives in our family home. They're still married, my mom and my dad. Oh, I'm actually really shocked by that. Yeah. Are they very like separate, but together? Yeah, that's a great question. (laughs) Well, because my mom actually lives like in my aunt's house and has been there for a year. But I even feel like their marriage in some ways is a little bit more codependent, but they are kind of off in their own worlds. Yeah, it's interesting because when I look at your birth chart, it looks like your mother's experience of her marriage and co-parenting was that she kind of had to do everything on her own. So she had this sense of like, it's all on me. I just assumed by looking at your chart that your dad wasn't there. Was he much of a co-parent? 
it's funny you say that I think it's honestly a little bit more reversed like my mom well I think she would feel that way emotionally mm-hmm. but I think like my mom actually would work late at night and so it would be me and my dad and so I was actually called little growing up because I was like stuck to my dad's hip and so I feel also a lot of the distance between me and my mom it's just that like I kind of grew up more bonding with my dad than Mm. I did actually with my mother my mother is so caring like she's the one that's like packing things and making sure everything is okay and my dad is so a dad in that way that it's like if it happens it happens but my mom yeah It's like the story that we tell ourselves versus the story that the other person in the story tells themselves is often like really, really different stories. And so here we begin to unpack things with your mom, because your mom's story is about how much she sacrificed and how much she gave and how underappreciated and how undervalued she was and that you were hard to reach and that you were hard Like you were just like a hard person for her. And all she did was try. All she did was try. And you're an Aries with a Leo moon. And so (laughs) to call you precocious would be an understatement. And not only are you an Aries with a Leo moon, but you have a sun Mercury conjunction in Aries and a moon Mars conjunction in Leo. You embodied something that your mother actually worked really hard to push down in herself because Mm -hmm. your moon Mars conjunction is intercepted and I do not go out of my way to pick intercepted charts I just need to say as a hot aside I just like (laughs) I don't know why there's like I I guess there's a lot of intercepted charts out there but your mom was she aggressive ever was she like an angry person at all no no my my guess looking at your chart is that she is on the inside but she didn't think that it was okay to be yeah and that's how your moon Mars got intercepted You are this person with so much energy, even when you're trying to like turn it down. It's just like, you know, trying to put like the sun in a box, like good luck. (laughs) It's going to like light's going to come through the cracks. Like that's what's going to happen. And that's the kind of person you are. But as a little kid, you know, it's always our personalities turned up. So you really were. And I would imagine that that was really intimidating for your mom. So what would she do looking at your birth chart she would seek to take care of you but again in a martyred way like oh i'm just doing things for you because they need to be done i just like that's kind of like her love language but also it's the only way she knew how to navigate around energy because she's not used to having to deal with so much energy like your dad doesn't have a ton of energy am i saying this correctly yeah yeah and so and do you have siblings no okay it's a lot of pressure on you yeah i gotta say You were a wanted child by your mother and your father. You know, you've got Jupiter at the top of the chart. All the things I already named, wanted, beloved, chosen. Never a question. Even in like the most messy moments, never a question. (laughs) Yeah. But your mom thought it would be easier. She thought you would be her mini me. You'd be like that daughter that would be just like her. And I think she takes things personally very easily. And If you're seeing your grandma more clearly, you probably have a sense of why. (laughs) It looks like her mom picked on her a lot and her love language was critique. (laughs) Is that what, are you seeing that? My grandmother actually has like dementia now. And so she's kind of gone. And my grandmother has schizophrenia. I don't think it's been diagnosed, but it's always been that thing where it's like, oh, she sees things, but we don't really talk about it. 
And and, and has that been going on since your mom was a kid? I don't know. My mom, and this is the interesting thing, my mom doesn't tell me anything. So I don't know anything really about my mom's life until my dad started telling me things. Like my grandmother didn't even raise my mother. And when my aunt passed away, like my mom said something about like me and your aunt forgave our mother a long time ago, but I don't know what that even means, you know? Mm -hmm. That's really intense. Okay. Looking at your birth chart, it looks like your mom felt very unsafe and Mm. like things were very hard on her. Also, you've got this Neptune and Uranus in your 12th house. Uranus is intercepted in your 12th house. If anyone was going to be unpredictable, it was not your mom. Mm -hmm. And that's the story she, she keeps with her. She's the one who has to take care of things. She's the one that things fall on, whether or not that's true. Yeah, that is so my mom. (laughs) Yeah. And of course, what did she do? She had a fucking fire bomb baby. That is you. And you're like, let me do it. I'll figure it out. I want to do it. No, I want to move faster. Why are we moving slow? Can't we go? And for her, if she really takes a step back, it's exactly what she would want for you, you know? But when she's in dynamic with you, when you guys are together a lot, it's like the only way she knows how to connect is by tamping everything down. You've got that Venus, Saturn conjunction and Pisces in your first house. She wants to just slow everything down and do that Saturn thing where it becomes like wood or metal. Like it just becomes like, you know, it doesn't move a lot. To you, that feels like suffocation. Yeah. The way your chart is written and the ways in which you and your mother are so dramatically different, you're going to have to develop a friendship with her or not. But the dynamic that you have that is like from your childhood was never sustainable. Like it never really worked and it's not sustainable. And in this dynamic, you're leaving all the time. Like you're, you're like moving, moving, moving. And then she's like the suffering saint about it. And (laughs) (laughs) sorry. And neither of you are wrong. It does hurt her feelings. She does not understand it. And you cannot do anything but be yourself. And you're not doing anything wrong by individuating and growing up because that's your job as an adult child, right? Or as a teenager. Looking at your chart, I do think there is a path forward where the two of you can find things you're interested in about each other and things about the world that you find interesting and connect on those things. You would have to let her take care of you a little bit. Mm. <laughs> that's clearly <laughs> top of your list of things you like to do I feel like I like also just said mm, because so much I feel like now I feel like I have to care for her even though I'm like not near her but I feel like I have to care mm-hmm. for her so yeah. let's talk about that because on the one hand your family's in a crisis moment and that's real and then there's another part as well which is at a certain age There used to be a joke on every sitcom with a family where, you know, the adult person is like, when did I become my parent? And it's like (laughs) there's a laugh track to it and everyone cries, but you're supposed to laugh. And there's a reason why this happens, right? There's a reason why we become our parents, because it's really hard to do the work to make sure that we don't just flip flop on roles in family Mm -hmm. dynamic. And the time at which we become our parents is the Saturn return. And you are gearing up to your Saturn return. It's not for a hot minute. Your Saturn's at 19 degrees of Pisces. We're not even at zero degrees of Pisces. You've got a chunk of time, right? It's not happening this year, but you're in the gear up phase. And so this gear up phase that you're in 
is when you will either start to really slip into being your own mother in the situation, the long-suffering martyr who helps even though you don't really want to and you don't really know if it's working. You don't really get your needs met, but you do it because it's the right thing, right? Or you're going to find your own way, just like you always have. Now, I just made it sound really tidy. It's not tidy. So let's get messy with it for a minute. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have you say your birth name, your government name again, and then say your mom's name. We're beeping both of these out. Okay. And that's your mom, eh? The second name. Okay. Yeah, the second name is my mom. Yeah. What do you call her? Mama. I mean, she really wants you to take care of her, like a lot. But that's partially just so you know, because that's kind of her love language. Mm. And so when you do it, she's really clear that you love her. Like, it's obvious. Whereas a lot of the ways you most emph- emphatically and enthusiastically express love don't always feel exactly like, like this is a problem in your relationship, right? Yeah. But I think it's important to be able to differentiate between like, this is how she prefers to be cared for and she's in crisis and you have to do this for her. Got it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So ground me into if there's like a question or like a crux here that I could get into. Yeah, I think I was when you said that I was wanted, like I felt that so deeply and I feel like I do feel very wanted by my mother, but I think because of her own past traumas, specifically dealing with her own mother and like growing up with nothing, growing up dirt poor, sometimes I haven't felt really wanted by her. And Mm -hmm. that has to deal with, I think, her hoarding issue. And it's the one thing that we fight about the most. And I've always fought about it. And the more that I've got left the home and gone on to live my life and lived other places, it's always when I come back where the drama ensues. Yeah, And I feel that I also cannot bring up the issue anymore because of the crisis that my family is in and the crisis she's in right now. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's talk about this because, so I guess I have a question about the hoarding though. Is her hoarding... Does it pose a danger to herself or her block? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think it poses a danger yet. Mm -hmm. I think it's getting close because the older she gets, the more that it is getting harder to move around and, you know, clear out stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But in terms of her hoarding, she's not hoarding like animals or rotting no, food or anything no. like that okay because no it's it just belonging yeah, yeah for sure but it's, it's it's she can't let go of objects like mm-hmm. yeah and have you done any research into the psychology behind the hoarding I have I've done some and again it has made me like the more that I also start to see so the the land that actually my mother is on, it's been land that's been passed down in my family for generations, like going back to the 1900s. Mm-hmm. And so it was my grandfather's land in South Carolina that my aunt kind of acquired, or he split it up between all of the siblings. And then it really lived in my aunt's name. And once my aunt passed, then my mother lives there now. But there's like three trailers out there that my grandfather had. And they're just, he's been dead for years now. And they're just sitting out there. And so it's something that I am starting to realize is being passed down. Yeah. Yeah. There's just so many things within the family that I feel like are being passed down and there is a fear in me of like even carrying that on Mm. to the next generation if I choose to have kids yeah but so far you're kind of the opposite of a hoarder right yeah it's not just a reaction to your mom 
it's also just you get bored of stuff. You get burdened by stuff. Yeah? yeah. Yeah. So let me start with that. Is that, again, you're not the same. And I think that's important because on the one hand, you don't need to fear all of a sudden waking up one day and being like, oh, shit, I have a trailer full of stuff and I didn't realize that was happening. Like, I don't see you ever being that seduced by many things. I do see you could be seduced by expensive individual things, um, but you're more of a quality than a quantity girl. Am I right about that? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. So that's, that's a you thing. The other thing is it's really hard to understand this because you don't resonate with it. So on the one hand, that's great news because you don't want to resonate with it. But on the other hand, my kind of understanding about hoarding, which exists on a spectrum, is it is hyper sentimentality. Everything is equally important, and I couldn't possibly let go of one thing because letting go of one thing means I'm letting go of something of that person or of me. And it is also insulating. Stuff is insulating. So when you feel lonely or when you feel unmoored in a dangerous world, having stuff around you can make one feel safe, insulated, Mm. protected. Now, of course... That is not not technically true. You know, you have too much stuff around you and there's a lot of things that are psychically damaging about that because, you know, there's no room. There can be physical things that are very dangerous as well, you know, from dust and allergens to like navigating a space. But I'm going to give you the homework of reflecting on those two pieces that Mm -hmm. this family habit is not knowing how to find safety. And so insulating themselves as a way to create safety or the illusion of safety. And it's also sentimentality. Now, you're a writer, correct? Yeah. You've got this glorious, bright grand trine between your Jupiter midheaven conjunction, your Mercury sun conjunction, and your moon Mars conjunction. I mean, fire. It is It is like <laughs> on fire, this trine. Okay, this grand trine. So you can tell a very big story in detail. And you can put energy into it. And as you do that, you let it go because that's how fire works, right? It's just like once you've experienced it, you kind of release it. That's just how you're wired. This is just very you. I don't know that you have relatives that you're like, oh, yeah, that person's just like me. No, you you don't. And and, and it's just like this is this is just who you are and which is, you know, super cool and weird. And like it's not bad or good. It's just like super cool and weird. That said, hyper sentimentality, you don't get it. Mm. holding on to stuff insulating yourself with stuff it it feels like pressure it feels like obligation it feels like being stuck right yeah for them it feels really different so this first bit of homework i'm giving you is to maybe reflect on or even write fictional pieces about this hyper sentimentality this this like insulating the self through things from the perspective of somebody who feels this way who's safe this way Mm. and because you have a Pisces rising, and you've got this Venus-Saturn conjunction, I would say write lots of short things if you can, because you'll first start off by idealizing it and making it too, like, precious. Yeah. And when it becomes more real to you, you'll be able to write something that's a little more real. Got it. And when it gets a little more real, it'll shift from an idea, a concept, something that's separate from you into something that can kind of make sense of... It's not just the women in your family. It's your matrilineage. It's like that whole line. So what's your aunt's name? Her name is... And what did you call her? Aunt Mary. Didn't you have a nickname for her? Did she go by something? My mom and her... My Wow, that's crazy. Because they have very random nicknames. My aunt would call my mom... And I think my mom would call my aunt... 
that makes sense because I was like, there's some weird name that she's like trying to pull in here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're, we're here. So your aunt was like your second mom. She took care of your grandmother for many years, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Like, did she not have her own kids? She had a son, but they don't have a great relationship either. Yeah. yeah. And do you, are you in relationship with to him? I am. We're, we're not super close. You have very different values. You have different lifestyles, yeah. you know. Yes, you, very different like, lifestyles. Yeah, yeah, very different kind of people. He just broke off is what it looks like. He just like broke off from the family, not just from his mom. He just was like, yeah, I'm an adult now. That's what I'm doing. Bye. And that was kind of <laughs> it. Like real weird dude stuff. Yeah. But your aunt, I mean, she always thought of you as as hers, you know. Yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah. Not, she, she was careful to not try to like take you from your mom. Because your mom was sensitive about it. But she's, I mean, she feels like yeah. your mom. Your aunt, Mary, she has this habit of protecting your mom and the family. Yeah. She's real hesitant about saying anything negative about anyone. See, the thing is, you and Mary have nothing left unsaid. Mm. According to Mary, she knows how much you loved her. She knows the place she had in your life and in your heart. And she got you. She was not threatened by the fact that you would disappear, not disappear, but kind of disappear sometimes. Like you would go off and live your life and it was big. And then you would reach out and you would share Yeah, what you felt called to share. And that didn't feel like anything other than she was excited that you were having such a good life. Yeah. Even when things were really hard for you, you were just always so dynamic. I guess you're a lot like your aunt, actually, but your aunt didn't live this way. Yeah. But she could have been this way. Yeah. But she did what she felt was right. Taking care of your grandma was what she felt was right. It gave her a sense of meaning. And that was really, really important to her to have a sense of meaning. She says it's important to all of you, the whole family. Like everyone actually really cares about having a sense of meaning in the family, which is something she's proud of. Yeah. She doesn't want you picking at scabs. She, wow. doesn't, want, she doesn't want you picking at scabs. Sorry. That was like, ooh, oh my gosh. You're saying something that I think even like, I've repressed or not even repressed, but just things that you don't say to other people. Yeah. That, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. But she says, <laughs> uh, you say that, but you really want to pick at all these scabs. You want to figure out what happened with their mom. You want to figure out why Mary held on to things. She doesn't think she's a hoarder. She understands why she thinks your mom is a hoarder, but she was more of a collector. She had a lot of nice stuff. She doesn't think she was a hoarder. That's what my mom says as well. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I think that's what every hoarder says, to be honest. And, and your mom is more of a hoarder than Mary? Or, am I, yeah. or is that just Mary telling me things? You know what? I think you're 100% right. Because like, even when I was a child, like I could still go to my aunt's house and there would be a sense of normalcy yeah. where like my home did not have that. I think yeah. once my aunt had to start really caring for my grandmother, it just things became too much for her. But I don't know if it was necessarily hoarding. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, but it wasn't. Yeah. One of the characteristics of hoarding, and I'm not a psychologist, you know, it's not my expertise, but most hoarders say I'm not a hoarder. That seems pretty on brand. So that's okay. Although Mary's like, yeah, but I I actually wasn't a hoarder. So there's fun. <laughs> okay. So she is a lot like you. I changed my answer. I'm sorry. She's just, she just didn't live like you, but she's like, your personalities are so similar. And is your mom the older sibling? Yeah. Because she feels a lot. It feels like that's the dynamic. Your mom is the older sibling. Okay, listen, Mary's attitude should not surprise you. She feels that it's better to get along to the best of your ability. Yeah. This is just who Mary is. This is how she lived. 
Now, that's not my attitude. That's not your attitude, but it's not bad advice. And so the question really is, what is it that you want from your family relationships? Because let's say you feel as the only child that you actually do want to have a relationship with your mom that's more functional. Unfortunately, you have to accept her for who she is, which is really hard to do when you're like, uh, you're not right. Like you could do things to make your life better. Oh, Mary just got so annoyed that I said that. But that's how you feel. Am I wrong? Is that not how you feel about your that mom? That is how I feel. Yeah. I feel like her life could be so much better if she yeah. was just, yeah. She would just change a lot. Yeah. And Mary, I get the sense that she would listen to you talk about your mom, but she wouldn't really speak ill of your mom. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. She wanted to offer like a safe space. She understood and got it a lot of the times. And a lot of the times she actually didn't agree with you. But she loved you and she just wanted you to feel safe. And she wanted to like listen to you. She feels that <laughs> if you're going to get along, you just got to suck it up and get along. So does your mom. You, my friends, are not wired to suck it up and get along. <laughs> it's a fucking terrible goal for you. I'm not going to tell you to suck it up and get along. Like, it's not realistic. I don't see that happening. Like, you don't do that with anyone, I'm assuming, ever. <laughs> Mm, I yeah I just I'm like I'm I don't need this with my mom I'm like well I don't want to walk away from my mother over something that it doesn't seem like there's something that she can really control you know yeah. it's not like she's actively trying to do this to me yes. and so that's why I feel like I want to heal whatever with her but I also feel like it's I don't know I feel like there's a part of it where I think when I wrote this question to you I think now I'm realizing, or maybe it's not, maybe it's other things in my life, but I feel like it seeps into my like romantic relationships. This I agree. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and that's why I'm like, ah, I agree. I'm sorry. I was so emphatic. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I was no, like, don't okay. cut yourself off. Yes, it does. Yeah. Okay. I agree. Walking away from your mother is not gonna make you feel better than struggling with your mother. Mary is giving a very important insight here. She doesn't want you to pick at scabs. Your mom doesn't want you to pick at scabs. It doesn't matter what your grandmother wants in this regard because you're not like actually talking to her in a critical mm -hmm. analytic way. What kind of help is it that you're trying to give your mom or support is it that you're trying to give your mom? Honestly, like because I can't be there physically, I kind of wanted to give her emotional support. I think yeah. Mary always gave my mother emotional support. And I would guess my dad does as well. But truly, like my aunt was her rock. Yes. And so I wish I could be that for her. But because of the feelings I felt for so long, it, it is hard to show up in that way and be emotional support. Okay, so so let me just interject to this, because you cannot be your mother's sister. Your mom and your aunt survived their childhoods together. They stayed connected. They had forged a friendship that required a lot, very few words. And they agreed that you don't pick at scabs, which I think you're basically a professional picker at scabbers. <laughs> like, you're just like, question everything, talk about everything, move yes. through everything. Which honestly, not easy, but best case scenario. That means you don't resonate with this family trauma pattern, which is great. But setting the goal of becoming your mom's bestie or your mom's sister is an unrealistic goal for both of you. But the sentiment is the right one. The sentiment is, I understand that my mom lost someone that she needs and that I needed. And that vacuum has created an opportunity for us to be closer. But you can't be closer like Mary was close to her or Mary was close to you because are you going to sit and listen and not say anything? 
Sun and Mercury and Aries? <laughs> no. No, no, you're not. Never. I mean, maybe once, but then everything's going to come out the next yes, time. Exactly. <laughs> it's not happening. So that's not what you have to offer. Cool. What you got to figure out is what you do have to offer. Offering unsolicited advice or help is a bad idea for your mother to you or you to your mother. Agreed? Yeah. Okay. 100%. So now you actually, Yeah. Well, when you think about it from your mother to you, it's easy to see, right? Yeah. It's important to, first of all, try to train yourself to be like, I am not going to do this to her because I don't like it when she does it to me. Let's start with that. Okay. That means her hoarding is her business. The more you try to stop her from hoarding, the more she'll just cut you out. Mm, yeah. Her coping strategy is to become like a rock. Yeah. So you push her, she becomes a bigger rock. That's it. So don't push her. Just like she pushes you and you go away. She wants yeah. you to stay, so she pushes you, so you go away. The two of you haven't figured out how to accept the other one. And you're trying to model what you want instead of listening to the other person, right? Yeah. In an ideal world, your mom would identify that. Your mom would figure it out and your mom would, you know, be the one to do this. But I don't want to blow your mind. This world is not ideal, right? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. You've seen the world, right? The Saturn return, like I said at the start of our conversation, is when we either become our parents or we don't. What you've been doing is what your mom would do. Something that is not right for you, that you resent, that you can't sustain. Does your mom like to talk about her problems? No. Okay. So when you get on the phone, what does she like? To oh, talk actually, you know what? I see that. And no, because every time we get on the phone, it's like, word vomit of yes. her problems right yeah it, it's not your your idea of her but it is the reality of her right yeah you have a hard time just listening to people have like a victimy everything's wrong there are no solutions yeah right it's very hard for you what if i told you all she needs is somebody to listen and be like i hear what you're feeling like that is really a rough way to feel i love you what mary did for you by the way that is actually all your mom needs I don't know that you can start there, but it's not a bad place to point yourself in because I do think it's possible for you. It would require when you're on the phone with her, I don't know, sewing something, doing a hand, a handicraft, ideally with copper because of your moon Mars conjunction. I know that might sound a little woo, <laughs> okay. but like if you could like make stuff or like get like a, a copper ball and just like move it around in your hand, maybe draw like just with mm. pen and paper, you know what I mean? Something that is- Wait, why the copper? Mars. Just, Mars is copper. copper. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. And you have a Mars-Moon conjunction that's intercepted. And it's the part of you that's like, yeah, I'm going to call her and I'm just going to be quiet and I'm going to listen. And then you're like, and oh, I have to say something. <laughs> <laughs> Mars is a real big like aggressor. You know what I mean? And you're just very fiery. So it's hard for you to pull yourself back. And this is when you write, you know, you're like, want to scream the word like, OMG, stop complaining. All you'd have to do is open the front door and there'd be air in the house, <laughs> yeah. right? Like for you, it's just like, are we, are, is this really a conversation? So you just write those words. doesn't have to be sentence. You draw the door open. Finding a way to create an outlet that's healthy so you're not like, I want to stab myself in the face. You're also achieving your goal, which is to show up for your mom in a way that is supportive to her. Yeah. Because I think what you're trying to do is be supportive to her and get your needs met at the same time. Yeah which is in general with your mom, unrealistic, but in particular in the direness of this situation that you and your mom are in mourning and that your grandmother is in crisis and in need. It's not the best time for this kind of a thing. And you know what, honestly, for you, if you were in your mom's position, it might be 
because crisis mm-hmm. makes you extra like what needs to change what needs to change it does yeah yes. which is part of why you're like okay how do i change this but it makes your mom hunker down mm-hmm. it makes her square her shoulders it makes her cover her chest her coping mechanism is not uncommon for someone who was raised with a lot of chaos and mary approved of that statement by the way she actually kind of like hasn't been around for all the stuff we've been talking about but all of a sudden she was like yes Mm. that's why she's like that which is why mary had a lot of patience for your mom because mary did something similar they hunkered down it was the response to the chaos and you by contrast were raised in a very stable consistent environment So you get to zip around the fucking world, exploring ideas and meeting new people and having experiences because you have this solidity in you that comes from your mom and your dad, of course, and not just them. But I think, see, Mary doesn't want you to feel bad. Mary feels that what I'm saying is making you feel a little guilty or a little bad for your mom. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't want that to be the case, but see, this is why Mary, Mary's like, this is why we don't talk about things. But I disagree with that. I think (laughs) it's okay to have challenging emotions. It's about understanding them so that you can move through them and they don't get stuck. Right. Yeah. But this is not their way. Okay. Mary's like, don't tell me what my way is, which I respect. (laughs) Mary just really wants, is distracting me. And she wants me to like, let there be enough space so that you feel different. And when you feel different, you'll feel better and when you feel better then we can kind of gently talk about something else that's how she wants me to take care of you and this is how she was with you I'm assuming yeah 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 it is ironic that I'm essentially telling you to do that with your mom Mm. yeah Mary is scared because Mary doesn't feel that that's fair to ask of you because you're a kid now I am engaging with you as a young adult but an adult and you will always be a kid with your mom or your moms right because she's kind of one of your moms I fear that the way that she wants, for instance, me to talk to you right now is underestimating your capacity to move through things and understand things and have empathy and challenge yeah. yourself. It She is like this because that's how she is. <laughs> that's how Mary is. That's how your mom is. Yeah. And that's a survival mechanism that they have that you don't have. And yeah. so it does make you feel bad. And, and I'm sorry, but also you don't have to stay feeling guilty or bad right yeah it's like I feel I feel I feel bad but it's like because like I just wanted them to I of course you want the people you love to have a better life but yeah there is a sense of gratitude I do have for my mother that she even in the chaos that they both went through they were able to provide the stability that I can go live this life and in that way I'm I am so so grateful I just I think where I do feel bad is like, well, let me, how can I break you out of the loop? How can Mm -hmm. I get you unstuck? And I guess I just have to come to acceptance that like, I just have to let her be. Yeah. Free Black Therapy is a nonprofit organization dedicated to providing remote mental health services with Black mental health professionals for Black and African-American individuals. And it's absolutely free. Visit freeblacktherapy.org to find a therapist or donate today. In order for any person to get unstuck in any context, they have to believe they're stuck first. Mm. Do you think your mom thinks she's stuck? No. Correct. She does not. Mary did not think she was stuck. She a little knew she was stuck, but she was okay with it. 
you know, but your mom would fight you if you said she was stuck because we all, all of us live our adulthood in response or in reaction rather to our childhood and a million other things, honestly, but your mom doesn't think she's stuck. And so you trying to fix her, save her, help her when she doesn't think there's a problem. It's kind of like, this is a stupid metaphor, but I saw this really funny show. It was a British show. I think it was called Extraordinary. It is about whatever. It's like sci-fi world. But anyways, there's a group of stupid men who are like, we're going to be vigilante superheroes and we're going to try to save women on the street. It's a very funny show and I strongly recommend finding it. And so they like try to help women, none of whom want their fucking help, all of whom are deeply annoyed by them. It's just like a funny thing that doesn't in any way translate. So I'm going to say a better metaphor. Bear with me. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, no, sorry. So sorry. Good. Okay, okay. You kind of got where I was going. It's like you yes. can't. Whenever we try to help someone who doesn't want our help or doesn't even think they're in peril, they just feel pressed by us. Yeah. This is where the excruciating question on some level or another we all must encounter in our sudden return or in our 30s is can you accept your parents for being the flawed individual human adults that they are? A lot of who your mom is has nothing to do with you and is not yours to fix. So if you could accept her, hold on. No, the accepting her part's really hard. Hold on. I can't move past that. Sorry. Okay. I got it. I got it. You don't always like her. Is that wrong? No. Okay. And that Venus in Pisces and Venus rising makes you feel like if I don't like her, that's like bad and terrible. So you're trying to fix her so that you can like her better. Mm. Okay. So first of all, that shit's human. It doesn't make you a bad person. Honestly, yeah. do we have to like our parents? No, we have to love our parents, right? Yeah. It's not like when someone gives birth to someone, you birth a friend. <laughs> That's the <laughs> thing. You know what I mean? So I often think about parent-child, like adult-child and parent relationships as like, if I met this person at a party, like at a you know a nice spacious dinner party, would I talk to them? Yeah. Your mo you and your mom might talk for a minute, but you wouldn't talk for 10 minutes, you know? It just feels so different. And I think I get so jealous of people who are like best friends with their moms. And I think I just wanted that mm -hmm. as I got older. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. But I will say this. There are things about your mom that I think you could really genuinely like, but you would have to first accept the parts you don't like mm -hmm. and accept yourself for not liking those parts, mm. not liking her. And I think you can befriend elder women, older women, and develop really intimate relationships that scratch that itch. You know, having intergenerational intimacies is really important. And you have that with your aunt. She corrected me. You have that with your aunt. You still talk to her. She's still there for you. Yeah. Um, you can have that with other adult people, women, and also not, you know. And if you do that, then, and this will take time and effort and some sadness, which Mary will like fight me on <laughs> me encouraging you to be sad ever at all. But again, that's a matrilineal issue here, right? Yeah. So here's my advice. Let's say you start to accept. Okay, I'm on the phone with my mom. I don't like her. I don't like the way she talks about life. I don't want to be in the same house that she lives in because it makes me feel claustrophobic. And I love her. And I want to figure out how to be in a relationship with her. You may have to stay in that mess for months. Mm. And that's okay to be in that mess. It is not awesome, but it's okay. And in fact, I would say it's necessary. If you heard the expression, you need to go through it to get to it, right? Yeah. Like this is, this is what you need to go through to get to the other side. Because on the other side, you have no idea what it is because you've never done this with your mom. But I think the two of you 
could have enough things that you find mutually interesting. She she reads, eh? Yeah. She reads and does she watch TV? Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like those are two things. Yeah. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm only laughing because it's like, yeah, I feel like if there is anything she does in her life, it's like the amount of books that take up the house. Yeah. That, yeah. 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 It's very hard to get rid of books. I mean, I feel like not for, I feel like there's like a, the generation raised with like Kindle devices or whatever, like e-readers has no idea, like the sentimentality <laughs> associated with books. Also the cultural implications of owning books is, yeah. is that it's something that, you know, younger generations just don't get yeah. it used to be like owning an encyclopedia was like an indication of like wealth and intelligence and education and all these things and now people are like and it's what that's google you're talking about yeah <laughs> like a book of google that sounds so hard so eventually i do think the two of you could have a book club mm. i do think the two of you could be like okay we are watching season two of this stupid terrible show or of this like challenging engaging show and then we're going to talk about it once a week we're going to hop on a call and we're just going to talk about that thing find a shared interest and something that you can talk about that isn't scratching at scabs right and also yeah. isn't boring and exhausting to you i love that i love yeah. that so much yeah. and you're gonna have mixed feelings about this but you could send her books in the mail right if you could teach her the technology, you could maybe even get her like an e-reader device, something with really big writing on it. And I don't know that she could use it at this moment, but if you got her something like that, that she could use, then you could just like send her a different book. So yeah. you weren't adding to the hoard if that's important to you. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know if you've read from both e-readers and they're not satisfying like books are. No, like a, a I, book. Love book. I love book. I love Yeah, books. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They smell, they look, they feel. Your mom's not going to like an e-reader. But if it is important to you and she's amiable to learning, that could be something you do. They have programs where you can send books to incarcerated women and other similar kinds of pro programs. I feel like your mom could be into something like that. If you were ever going to get her to do that, you cannot approach this as, hey, mom, I think you should get rid of some of your books. You have too much stuff because the conversation's begun, ended before it's begun. Okay. Yeah. But what you could do is after a long period of time of you not bugging her about her house, you could be like, I just, my friend just told me about this thing she did where she sent all these books to this organization. It is so cool. I'm so glad this exists. I've been thinking about doing this, but I don't have a lot of books. If you ever want to do this, I think it would be such a cool thing and I could help you pull it together because it's important to, you know, advocate for insert demographic. Yeah. Your mom could be into that. She wouldn't do it if she felt that you were trying to get her to get rid of things. But if she felt yeah, like you were she was doing, yes, yeah, doing the value the world, of it. Yeah, exactly. And doing something with you, doing mm. something that her things are being appreciated and valued. They have meaning that her collection, her collecting of things is for something greater and that you see the value in what she's collected. Yeah. That you understand that every book is an experience for her, which you do understand, even though it's hard to get it with her, but you, you do get that. That'll work, but you can't start there. That's the place you want to start. Don't got start it. there. You got to start kind of with the acceptance piece, which means accepting that you don't always like her. Now, I want to acknowledge we haven't really talked about your grandma. Yeah. Is, do you have any questions about her? I don't know if I actually have any questions about her. I think honestly like what you said and what Mary said and like the picking at the scabs I think that just kind of like you know that's it yeah it it is what it is and it is what it is okay so real talk we cannot go for much longer 
but yeah. we have to touch on your love life, don't we? Yeah, I would just love, a qu- even if it's a sure, quick. Of course. So when you date, do you date? I do date. Okay. Yeah. What In what genders do you date? I mostly date men, but they usually are more femme presenting. Right. Cis dudes, but femme. Yeah. E. Okay. Do you get into relationships? I have not been in a relationship in a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you get into relationships, do you want monogamy? I do. I think I do. Yeah. Do you do monogamy? <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at your chart. I see you. <laughs> what does that mean? I feel like I want monogamy because I feel like I, I'm a jealous person. So. Because you are. Yeah. Because yeah. you are. Except but when it comes is, to you. Yeah. The longest relationship I was in was a long distance open relationship, which was fine. Because like I knew the person loved me and they cared. But then I also, yeah, was... Out doing what needs to be done. Right. Here's the thing. All this fucking fire in your chart is like when I'm alone and I'm doing me, it has nothing to do with you. And so therefore you can be in open relationships. But Mm. that fucking Venus Saturn conjunction requires monogamy and devotion and proof. Yeah. Yeah. And you are possessive because Pluto squares your ascendant. Okay. Boom, 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 boom. So all of this said. What questions do you have about love? Like, what could I be helpful? Because we don't have all the time of the world. So yeah, focus yeah. I think my question, I feel like sometimes my mother, especially with the hoarding, it is an attachment to objects instead of people a mm-hmm. lot of times. Yes. And so I find that with friendships, I don't have this much of an issue. Like I found good found family. But as soon as relationships start to, I don't know if I sense this person, like you said, the proof, like if there is no proof, I am out the door, I am running. And that's why I'm like, I would so love to be with a person. I would so love partnership. But there is like a step that I'm missing Mm -hmm. that I can't get over. Mm -hmm. And that's what's kind of causing a lot of these great people I'm meeting, but nothing to come of them. Okay. Your grand trend in fire is like, if it doesn't happen fast, it's never going to happen. I'm out. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I literally just had, I've just been seeing someone and had to break it off. And I was like, it's not happening because it's not, yeah, it's not happening fast enough for me. And so how much time did you give the person? A month and a half. Uh-huh. Yes. That's what I would expect. Okay. I have a role because I'm a fucking Capricorn and it's three months, <laughs> three months. Because in a month, like one period cycle, one menstrual cycle a month, that's all you're yeah. doing? Like you ovulated twice and you're out? Like that's it? I don't know. That doesn't seem right. Like three months is like a general rule for whatever that's worth, okay? That said, the reason why you're not attracted to guys who are super like there and ready, I mean, there are guys that are like that in the world. The reason why you're not attracted to those guys is because they bore you. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. Yes. So you like people who are distracted, who are engaged, who are all over the place. And those same people are going to do what you do. They're not going to move actually that fast with the intimacy piece. They're going to move fast with experiences maybe, but not with intimacy. And so in a way, are you kind of dating like boy versions of yourself? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You leave boy you because they don't show up for the realness. But are you showing up for the realness? Like, do they know you're showing up for the realness? Ooh, that is a good 
question. I feel like it. I feel like I'm trying to show up for the realness and I feel so like you, I'm you trying tell to express them. it. Yeah. yeah. But I so, also think sometimes my expression can get a little muddied and then mm -hmm. I get fiery and then I look back like in the contemplation and I'm like, oh, maybe I could have done better. At okay. So here's what I think you do, which is reasonable for only one month and one half. Yeah. Two ovulations, if I may. You, Sun-Mercury conjunction, sometimes confuse verbalizing things as showing up for things. Wow. Yeah. You say to him, I'm here. Let's do this. And then you go away. And then you feel like, well, I told him I was ready to do this. Instead of leaving emotional space for him to come step into the room with you, take a sense of what the room is, and decide where to sit. You leave no space for that because you wow. said the idea. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I feel so <laughs> seen. Yeah. <laughs> seen is good. Yeah. Uh, a titty called out is also good. I know. Um, it's like, I mean, I say seen, but maybe a little red for filth. Right yeah. <laughs> That's closer to the truth, if I may be honest, too. I agree. Yes. Yes. This is a reaction from your childhood. Everything moves so slowly. So slowly. So you're like, well, I'm not going to tra get trapped. Yeah. I need it to move fast. But emotions... And you may have heard me say this before, but I feel that emotions are like a corgi with a cone around its head. Have you ever seen a corgi with a cone around its head? <laughs> yeah. They're so low to the ground and they can't navigate they anything. Can't, yeah. No, they can't see shit. They can't do shit. And they're adorable, but not graceful. Right? Yeah. That's emotions. You want emotions to be a stallion. That's yeah. not emotions. That's sex. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's fun. That's dates. That's ideas even. But emotions are a corgi with a cone on its head. So mm. if you invite a stallion into your life and say, here's a cone on your head, <laughs> as I place it upon around your head, you will shrink in size, you will become a corgi. You have to give them some space to adjust, right? Yeah. Yeah. And if it was happening in the reverse and the guys were like coming at you being like, okay, I, I'm ready for you to show up and like be here with me. Has that ever happened? No, I feel like it's usually me being like, I'm ready. Mm -hmm. Well, it's hard because it's like what you said. It's like I'm dating the versions of myself. So it's like we meet each other yes. with this energy. And then I don't know. It's like we always do this back and forth thing. They are at one point and then I am and then they're not. Yeah. And then yeah. there's always this back. And then I feel like then I'm just like, okay, I'm ready to leave then because you can't. It's both of us can't get our shit together, but it's like, I feel but, like you can't. But you feel more. like they can't. And yeah. that's because you've said the words. You're like, okay, I've told you what the thing is. And by the time you said the words, you're out. You're already done. You're already done. But here's the thing. In some romantic fairy tales, my Venus and Pisces, Pisces rising friend, <laughs> the princess meets the prince and she doesn't know he's a prince and the feelings are there and she doesn't realize that she's falling in love with the prince and that's all she ever wanted. And then they're in love and then she finds out that he's a prince. That happens sometimes in fairy tales and less frequently in real life. But that could happen, that setup I just gave you, in four weeks, for sure. That could happen in four weeks. But in regular people, real life shit, you need more than four weeks to decide whether or not you actually are compatible with somebody or you know somebody well enough to be like, I'm in. So that's where I get to my three-month rule. My, th my three-month rule is this. It takes three months to know a person well enough to know whether or not you really want to get to know them. It takes hours to know whether or not you like their smell. 
you know, <laughs> it takes like uh, an evening in hopefully uh, an enclosed space to know whether or not you're sexually compatible. Right. But in terms of like knowing whether or not you are safe with this person, that you can be truly yourself with this person, that there's like something worth really investigating takes three months. Mm. So unfortunately, all of the advice I'm giving you is to slow down and Thank accept you. how you feel when you feel bad. And this is the part where you are like your natural lineage. And it's it's not quite what you were thinking. It's the evasion of unpleasant emotions. Mm. You're down for drama. You're down for like putting out fires, running mm -hmm. into burning buildings. That's not a problem for you. But sitting in things, yeah, it's really hard for you. And so your reaction to it is the opposite presentation than your mother's. She's like, I'm sitting in things. I'm surrounding myself by things. Everything's fine. And you're like, I don't sit anywhere. I go. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> and like, you know, it's just kind of, it's like heads and tails. It's the same yeah. coin. Say your name, the name you go by, not, not your government yeah. name. Oh, okay. TBH. I don't know if you even really want to be in a relationship right now. I think you want to want to be in a relationship. I think you have a fantasy about the relationship. I don't know <laughs> if that's actually what you want. You're doing yeah. something much more dynamic right now than yeah. trying to be in a long-term relationship. But just because that's not where you're at right now doesn't mean that you'll never get there. Yeah. Google is sometimes a liar. I say this because Venus conjunction to Saturn, I am of the mind, that shit is the marrying type. Now, the rest mm -hmm. of your chart is like, mm -hmm. I will marry only when I have a, a house <laughs> and a boat and the capacity to burn both of those things to the ground. Like, you know, like you, you want a lot for yourself. You want a lot mm -hmm. of freedom for yourself. But I think with the right person, you can have both intimacy, commitment, and freedom. Mm. To do it in the heterotypical way is not for you. I mean, if you were a dude, it'd be for you. Mm. But it's not for you. Yeah. You really do need an equal. Yeah. And if he's not your equal, and if he doesn't regard you as his equal, it's not going to work. You say you like femi guys, but there's something very duty about them. Are they like yeah. art dudes? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. So they're like Femi in presentation, but at, in real life, they're art dudes. They're art dudes. Yeah. Especially right. the last person I was with was like, oh, you're the dutiest dude. I And yeah. I literally explained to him to other people. He's like, he's a dude. He's, a, he's dude. a dude. He crosses his legs, you know, in a really feminine way, but he's a dude. That's how I'm yeah. seeing him visually. Yeah. Okay. I look at your chart. I get no sense that you want to have human children. Mm. Um, not that you're close to it doesn't look like you're close yeah. to it, but it doesn't look like you're like, oh, I have to give birth to be complete. Like, that's not like a thing for you that I'm seeing, which means you got a lot of space and time. When there's no clock ticking, it gives you a lot more freedom of choice. And the thing that is present, the thing that is salient for you now is your creative life and your familial stuff. Give yourself permission to work on that. And if someone makes you excited, then chase them around a field for, you know, 20 minutes and, you know, see if you can tolerate, you know, two whole menstrual cycles with a guy before you end it or whatever. Like, you know, you make small amounts of change, but I wouldn't say that focusing on love relationships makes a whole lot of sense for you right now. It's not it yet. It's coming. Yeah. It's coming. It's just not this moment. The stuff that is the most important to you, you're doing. And that, I'm guessing, is true about you 99% of the time. So having a little more faith in yourself that when relationships with men becomes more important to you, not sex, not adventures, not experiences, but relationships, yeah, then you'll prioritize that just like you have with everything else. Yeah. And things don't always go the way you plan, but they go well for you. 
you must have noticed. Yeah. You just got to get clear about what you want, but this isn't the time to do that because you're working hard on getting clear about stuff with your mom, which is essentially about with yourself, your morning, your aunt, and your creative work, which we're not talking about, but I want to just say, fuck yeah, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. Do what you're doing, you know? I'm sorry if I scream that at you, but I just felt like I think it all <laughs> caps. You. you know what I mean? Like it was all caps. Yeah. So there is a time for everything. You know, astrology Got teaches it. us that's what transits are. This is time for everything. And this is your time for doing what you're doing. And if you do this stuff, as your instincts say, with your mom, what it will do is it will create a shift in your inner foundations upon which new kinds of dynamics with men can occur. New choices, new unconscious choices will emerge, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I feel so great after this. Thank you so much. Oh, it's so my pleasure. I'm so glad we did this. I don't want to take up any more of your time, but I just have been trying to connect with my aunt since she's passed. And I I know that I'm speaking to her, but you know, sometimes just because I don't have that channel open that she can speak back, but like just to hear you speak to her and for her to come through and just that moment when you said that thing about picking up the scabs, I was like, Mm. oh yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, that's that's her. She's with you like all the time. And also she's not with you when it's inappropriate. Like yeah. she's almost, she, she's like, don't worry. I don't want to see that either. Like she's fine with it. You know what I mean? Like don't worry. Just like she always was. You know, it isn't, it, it isn't changed in that way for her. You've got a very loyal matrilineage. Your aunt, your mom, their loyalties to the people they love. You never have to question it. They're, they're just so stayed. They're so there. So it is a really beautiful thing. And it also makes sense why you are a live wire, you know, <laughs> and you're only dating other live wires. But again, like, you know, you're in your 20s. Like, that's fine. Like, it's, it's fine. But she is with you. And so this is what I'll say is the final thing, which is simply that she feels it's nice to have a box that you keep forever. That is a, a place you can return to. You don't need to have a million things. But she feels that having a box that you could open and then there was like a ring from her or like a letter, a thing to ground you. She feels like that would help you to connect with her and to receive her more. You should not be surprised this is for her perspective because she kept things from generations, you know, not just from this life. She was like a big, like, this has been in the family for this long, or this is, even if it wasn't your family, like she liked old things. This gives you a little bit of insight into your mom and your aunt's take on things. But also Mary has found a way to show it to me to say to you that is you don't have to collect a bazillion things but there is a value in holding on to some things Mm. small things and I don't know if she's just showing me a box so just so that I say it's like a box but like it has to be something beautiful for you otherwise you're not holding on to it Um, find some weird way to do some sort of handicraft and you create a box every time you're talking to your mom you like only work on it when you're on the phone with your mom like you can get really into a story about your creative process that would like be both therapeutic, but also it could result in you having a thing that is kind of touched by Mary and your mom. And Mary is saying Mary and your mom, because when you're on the phone with your mom, she's going to make an effort to be with you, to help you, to remind you how she was with you, Mm. because you actually can do that. Yeah. But you have to move through the fact that your mom annoys you. That's... That's yeah. the, that's going to be the hard part, honestly. You know, she and I are collaborating on this advice. I think you should be doing a handicraft, even if it's just drawing. She's saying, like, you can make a box because she wants you to hold on to things. And, mm. you know, with all of that, you just do what feels right. But Mary is with you. So, okay. yeah. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. It's been really seriously such a pleasure. So thank you so much. Every year they say the end is near. But we're still here. Yeah, we're still here.